I drove by this uh, new little quick shop in the Baker's parking lot and they had a whole bunch of them. They were on sale. So I got those and then it started raining while I was on my scooter. So oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, well, that sucks. And so Emerson uh, asked me why in the world I was going on my scooter. And it's because I didn't have any gas in my truck and I didn't want to, I didn't want to drive my truck today. And uh, he's like, dude, it's going to rain and you're going to fall. And so then I found a spot to sit in and uh, under a tree because it wasn't raining that hard, but it was raining enough where the, st- the streets were definitely getting slick. And I called Emerson and I said, hey, can you come get me so you can, you can bring me home, but also tell me how right you were. And he was like, you fell? And I'm like, no, I didn't fall. I just need your help. I don't want to ride. Because the people in Omaha are so stupid and crazy. I had another person like drive by me last night. Yeah, they're also dumb. Dude, last night I had, I had a person drive by me illegally, pass me in the middle lane, which is in a lane. It's all sand and everything. I've had that happen twice in the last week. And uh, the, the funniest thing about it is both times, um, this person got the light in front of us. And I pulled up right behind him. And I'm like, good job. Like this time I honked and I waved at him. I was like, Hey, still here. You know, I hate that dude. I had somebody do that to me on a, when I had my ruckus, it was like, we're two lanes. It's two lanes. I'm like behind the, like, I wasn't like holding up traffic or anything. I was yeah. like less than a car length behind the vehicle in front of me. This person whips out from behind me and gets in the turning lane and it turns in back into one lane. And whips right in front of me and I have to like slam on the brakes to keep him from like running me off of the yeah like off of the uh lane and it was like am I just like invisible like what did I do and it wasn't like going slow like there's literally a red light in front of us I don't understand what that was all about yeah this one uh this one yesterday I was going up Ida it's the one hill I have to go up on my way home so my so my my Navi drops from like 50 I try to keep I try to keep like my pace up, you know, and I try to like time the light because there's a light and sometimes I'll get the light before, uh, sometimes I'll get the light and if I get the light, then I'm, then I can't go fast up the hill at all. But sometimes if I time it right, I can just, I can just be full throttle and then halfway up the hill, you know, I drop down a little bit. But, uh, if that happens, I only drop down to 40 and the speed limit's 40. So I get it. I speed in my real, my truck, I speed everywhere. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the things that gets on my nerves the most is bicyclists in the yeah. middle of the street during rush hour. Like if it was, if it was only a misdemeanor to run those people over, I would love to run those people over, but Mm -hmm. you can't do that. So I get it to an extent, but I'm doing the speed limit. I'm not doing 10 miles an hour, you know, and it's only going to take five seconds for me to get to the top of the hill. And then I'll, I'll, I'll be back up to 45, 50 miles an hour again, you know? Yeah. And the other one was a little bit farther down is on fort street. And I was actually stuck behind a cement truck going slower than I would have gone. And this douche canoe passed me in the middle lane and sprayed sand all over me. And then I watched really? him. Yeah, I watched him. He got the light in front of us. And then he turned into the same come and go station that I was going to go to. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I was so, I wanted to say something so bad. Yeah. But it was morning and I was, I was like going to be just on time for work. And I'm like starting to make excuses in my head on how I shouldn't say anything because it'll turn into a thing and it'll take more time and then I'll be late for work over it. Yeah, you don't want it to be a thing. But I wanted so bad. I wanted to just be like, good job. You know, or you just be super disrespectful. And I just, I, doing the thumbs up thing to somebody that doesn't know what they're doing to me is so funny when you just go like, hey, good job. Like that. 
I've gotten in a couple fights, arguments. Oh, really? I had an RC track doing that. <laughs> I think I've talked about it here once before. Thank you, have. Anyways, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been working on the Honda Trail 70. Um, my neighbor had just bought a, a CT90. It's like the, the Honda, like, I think it's just like called the Trail 90. And I think it's like a late 70s. I don't know. I rode it yesterday. It was pretty cool. It doesn't have first gear for some reason, but I think that there's like a pin or a key uh, in the transmission on that gear that's like stripped. So, oh. just because you can hear the gear still spin after you shut it off. Yeah. But that, that thing was actually a pretty cool little little bike. I'd never ridden one before, and I rode it for probably 15 minutes yesterday. Hmm. I've been doing that and uh, just working. Um, the engine for my Trail 70 is still over at my uh, friend Mikey's shop. And uh, getting closer to having it done. And uh, it's like I get over there and then we end up like screwing around or like visiting for like an hour yeah. or so. And then it's like, okay, now I can work on it. It's like, all right, ready to go home, you know, and so finally get like one or two things done, which is fine. I don't care, you know, not a big deal. But yeah, I got, I had to order some more parts for it. I got some light bulbs and I uh, ordered a battery. I ended up just ordering one on Amazon. I don't know, oh. it's like, 20 bucks yeah for a battery for it so we'll see it's a bike master one so it should be good hmm. um oh uh my my wife and i looked at cats yesterday or yeah yesterday we went to the cat house um we filled out the adoption uh paperwork and they had to do a background check on us it's like it's like uh getting a kid Getting a cat from that place is like getting a kid. Yeah, we had to do the same thing in Humane Society uh, when we adopted Bean, and then the dog before that, which which got brought back in like a day after. By the way, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we'll end up with a cat. I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool. They won't have a reason to deny you a kitty. Yeah, I know. Especially because you like already had one. Oh yeah, no, I, think, I told them that story. I think they're story. looking for like abuse, you know, stuff like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, hey, everybody out there! This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex, a manager and race director, and with me as always, I'm Will Brinton. Is Will Brinton and. Uh, He's not race director or manager, but he is a uh, associate, team associated, team driver, and all around good guy. Yeah, I try to be. I do what I can. We're kind of coming to the end of our dirt season. You can kind of feel yeah. it. Yeah. Can't you feel it? I can kind of feel it. Yeah, it's like when Punk's dead. You know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we didn't we didn't officially race on Saturday. It's like the end of the '60s, you know, when all when hippies are like, yeah. Not a thing anymore, you know. But I, I, it's weird. Like, uh, we didn't race Saturday, but it didn't bother me at all. We had enough for Plex spec. I started, I did a count. I came back at like 120 because there wasn't enough people there. I had to go home and grab this uh, monitor. I was trying to do some stuff with, uh, with a new webcam for the track. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came back and I did a count and we could have a Plex spec class and then like two or three people in, in, in Wheeler and two and three people in, in, stock and two and three people in mod and i was just like you know what let's just take a vote and everybody that was there raised their hand when i said you want to just have an open track day and let's get some laps kind of like we did a couple weeks ago and uh that was fine 
here's the thing. A couple of years ago, remember when I had my panic attack? Yes. Okay. So I had my. It was pan- on my birthday. Yes, it was. You're totally right. I remember that now. But so that was like two or three years ago, Thursday. Yes, it was 2018. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Thursday is my birthday. We didn't race that day either, and I think that was one of the things that compounded uh, how that all went down. Because I was really worried. I was like, "Holy crap! Like we're not going to have a race program. You know, my life's going to be over." Blah blah blah. And so, uh, but this time, these things don't bother me anymore. You know why? The store did freaking awesome that day. Like, what does it matter if we if we don't have a race day every once in a while on a Saturday in the summertime? I used to freak the f out. And now I don't. I'm just like, and then I went up and I looked at the total for the day at the end of the day. And I'm like, wow, huh? I'm like, we're good. Everything's fine. So didn't bother me. And we raced Friday. We had a really good, we had 40 entries on a Friday night during the summertime. I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> That's kind of like, yeah, I ran my car twice. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like driving my car today. <laughs> oh yeah. You're going to save those tires. Yeah, well, that too, but but um, the track needs some work. I'm gonna. Um, uh, that's what I'm doing tonight. Right after we're done, I'm going. Uh, I'm going straight to the track. Gonna work on that one side. I want to change for the summer series, and then I'm gonna try to patch up a bunch of holes. There's a giant hole in the back of the uh, tabletop back there. That thing only has to hold together for a couple more weeks. So. Mm-hmm. Then we got our. Uh, did you see our uh, swap meet? We're gonna do. We're gonna try to do flea market yeah. swap meet thing on September third. <laughs> oh, yeah. That uh, I announced, uh, hold on, I'm going to get the date right. August 4th. That's what I was going to say, but I wanted to make sure I was right. So August 4th, I announced the uh, swap meet. Our next, our next official free day is Labor Day weekend, Saturday the 3rd. We're still going to race that Friday night. but uh, Freedom. Freedom. I'm trying to get Emerson's drag car put back together. My drag car is good to go. I might try to go drag racing on Sunday because I have Sunday yeah. off. But Emerson doesn't. Emerson works Sunday, so he's going to miss out on the whole drag racing thing. Again, Emerson goes back to school on Wednesday. So he's a sophomore this year? He's a sophomore. And to be honest with you, I'm, am I a bad parent if I don't take like pictures of him before he goes to school in the morning and post them on Facebook? I think you are. I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. It's not that special. My parents never did it. It's not that special. He's a sophomore now. Who gives a shit about sophomores? Like, seriously, freshman, eh, I got to get it. Senior, absolutely. It's a senior year. Sophomore, who, the, who, the, who, who cares? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just me. I just, nobody ever did that for me. My mom's like, well, I got to go to work at like 4 a.m. in the morning. Nobody, nobody, make sure you're on school on time. <laughs> I never got any of that. He like, is driving himself. He's driving himself. That is kind of cool. So I do like that. He's got a cool truck. And he's driving himself. I'm just, I'm fingers. I want to see him like bring a, bring a blonde home for dinner sometime. Yeah. You know, grandbabies. You want grandbabies? I want grandbabies. <laughs> Not now, but I'm just saying like, like maybe this will be the year. Yeah. I don't know. Dad, I want to bring blankety blank over. Can you please not embarrass me? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. I will one. I am so 100% ready to embarrass my son over anything. Hey, guess what's going on this week? I don't know what. Uh, first, this show is brought to you by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. Make sure that you mention our show to Don Zoller or Aiden Olson's uh, dad, and you get 0.125 off your interest rate or $500 lender credit. 
Wow, that's a deal. Yeah, I almost forgot. We need more sponsors. I love having Pivot as a sponsor, but we need more. We're gonna. I'm gonna start working on that for us. We need to get like uh, men's uh, or wait, what is that? Manscaping. Uh, manscaping. Manscaped. Yeah. We need to get manscape and is it like uh, Athletic Greens? All those other they sponsor all, all the, these podcasts. Yeah, all the YouTube ones. Yeah, and we'll we'll have to do our own commercials. We'll be like, "Hi, I'm Will Brenton, and Al- and this is Alex Sturgeon for." Uh, athletic greens you know you might like you might like think you're getting enough greens but these you're not trust me <laughs> you know who's really good at that uh is uh 3d bot maker the hot wheels racing channel that i watch they're, dude you need to list they're dude, sponsored uh, by ridge wallet they do some really really good ones the harmontown podcast their their show or their uh their commercials were always really good they would like pick a song and like like the theme for SpongeBob and make it like a a green tea mattress commercial, or uh, Duncan Trussell. You ever listen to his Mm-mm. his podcast, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour? <laughs> he was, his commercials are really good, and he he has like uh, adult novelty toy uh, sponsors oh, nice. for his show. Like he is if anybody's gonna give him money, he'll take it. <laughs> like it's really good. Chad Daniels does one for a uh, um, for an online psychology uh psychiatrist type type thing yeah and they're 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 kind of funny he kind of integrates it in a little bit but he they're a little bit more serious of a tone not the not the podcast but the commercial yeah uh so anyways this this weekend is the uh 2022 roar 110 scale off-road nationals mm. and uh um i just wanted to pick your brain over what you thought maybe some um I don't know what you call it. What do you call that? Predictions? Uh, yeah, predictions. What do you think? My, my predictions, just mod classes? Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the mod classes. So I'm looking at, I'm actually looking at the two-wheel drive mod. There's only 37 entries, which that in itself is kind of, kind of a bummer, is that in stock buggy, there's 35. Mod buggy, there's 37. 40 and over. Dude, I... Where was 40 and over in 2000? Well, I wasn't 40. That's why there wasn't. But uh, yeah. 40 and over, man. Anyways. Do you think that they did that just because the entry counts lower? Uh, I, I, I hope not. But I, I, do have a, I do have a thing I want to bring up here. Let's see. Uh, 13.5 four-wheel drive buggy, 39. So that'll probably be the biggest class of the weekend. Four-wheel drive mod with 35. Stadium truck was 17. Mod truck, that's stock stadium. No, sorry. 13.5 stadium truck was 17. Mod truck with 13. And 10 short course entries. That must be a new record. Yeah. Because there hasn't been 10 short course entries in a long time. <laughs> how, how, how many entries total then? Uh, it doesn't say because it's not uploaded to LiveRC and I didn't take the time to count. But just, to, I mean, think about this though. The, the Hoosier race that I'm going to, it's, there's like 60... 67 entries in 13.5 four-wheel drive. Expert. Yeah, I know. Not, and they divided expert and in, in independent. That's what I'm getting at. That's crazy. Like, the INS races, to me, feel almost more like a national event than the national event. That, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's what I was driving at here. I mean, some of it has to do with the cost. It's $100 an entry, so I get that. Well, some of it has to do with having bumps, you know? Hey. <laughs> probably yeah no doubt what do we know we're just a couple idiots from nebraska yeah what do we know uh all right some names that stick out again i mean it's kind of the same 
let's face it, it's kind of the same as it always is. But I have some sleepers just because of the kind of track. It's a slick track. They're running slicks from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, obviously, Spencer Rivkin, Ty Tessman, Cole Tollard, there's Dakota. Ryan Mayfield's going to be there. Um, they're all there. Mason Fuller signed up. That's, that'll be interesting. Oh, really? I don't think he's raced. I don't think he's raced 10 scale in a while. A couple of years, so I thought. He, I wonder he's going to have the new Hot Bodies car. I wonder. That'd I be wonder. cool. That would be cool. Uh, Dustin and Evans. On, and on like high grip, like they're going to be running on, I bet it works pretty good. Because yeah. isn't it like a carpet-specific vehicle? Yeah, it is. Or something? Yeah, or yeah, both yeah. of them? Yep. Uh, the Champlains, Cavalieri. Um, but I have, I have some sleepers. Chase Lemieux signed up. And uh, he could kind of throw down, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I know he's, no, been, he's been really fast at trackside um, for at least the last year that I can remember just, just you know, looking at results and stuff. Um, Harley Yoshi, he's in there. Uh, who's another one that I saw? Corsetzer. Uh, Billy Easton is signed up. He's been racing more, hasn't he? Yeah, it seems that way. What car is he even running? I don't know. He's even signed up at the Hoosier race, but he's on the list. He's on the cut list as of today. So it'll be interesting to see if some of these guys actually go. Mm-hmm. Ron Duvall. There's another one. Ron Duvall's signed up and, and, you know, registered. And if you're on this, you're already paid. Everything's good to go. So he's another one that's really good, especially on slick tracks. Um, what do you think? Tool mod. Going to be. Well, I think that Dakota is definitely going to be a contender because he always is. Then after that, Probably like Ty or Ty Spencer or Brock. Yeah, that's a that's what I kind of think, and I I think it'd probably be kind of a a toss up between those uh, four. Uh, well, I think as long as Dakota doesn't have problems, because there's that carpet race that then his two wheelers, four wheel, like just keep shutting down. Yeah, something was wrong. They weren't telling people what it was, so yeah. you don't really know what it was, but but. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's, I think it's Dakota. He's been on such a roll. And he almost seems, almost seems unstoppable in a way. Especially, especially right now. You know. Oh yeah. Well, and then the other the other thing too, or the other uh, person that I was kind of thinking of was uh, like if I had like a dark horse, it'd probably be like Mason or Tom. Because if Mason's going to be there, you know he's kind of a who. Who knows how good he's going to do? I mean, well, and that's kind of really kinda, good, or it's kind of Tom's new home track too. But that'd be cool if Tom snuck one in on him, you know, mm-hmm. being his home track and everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the. I'm honestly, I'm looking at the field of mod two wheel, and I'm not seeing any slouches. So, even though there's only 35 entries in mod two wheel, I think I think it's going to be really hard to make the main. It's like the bar is still there, but there's just less rungs, mm-hmm. you know? Same thing. There's only 35 four-wheel drive entries, and it's all the same guys. So, very interesting. I, four-wheel drive, though, I, I can see Brock with as good as he's been. And, and again, being a slick track where you don't have to do anything. You just, you just run slicks and make sure that the foams are good. And I, I could see that being the same sort of battle at that carpet race where it was, it was uh, Dakota, Brock, and, and Spencer kind of. Mixing it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just what I think. Look at Mod Stadium Trek. There's only 13 entries. 
Ryan Cavallari, Dustin Evans, Aiden Horn, Chase Lemieux, Charlie Mariana, Dominic Passione, Dakota Fenn, Adam Rails, Spencer Rivkin, Tater Sontag, Ty Tessman, Brent Delkey, and Cole Tollard. There's no, there's not a single name in there that, that can't make the main. Like, yeah. Like, 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 holy crap. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a three truck B main, but still, even the B main would be nuts. Oh, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> I saw in stock too. So that, Brennan Schimmel is signed up, so I'm not saying it's it. It'd be over, but that dude is so fast in stock. He was going faster than mod mod four wheel. All the rest correct. of the guys, I mean, more power to you. Tyler Patton now is going to be there. Um, Caden Fuller, I see, I see him is in there. He is in there. That's pretty cool. Look at uh, Jake Thayer. I haven't seen too much of him since OCRC closed down. Mason Templeman, Nate Sutherland, our our guy, you know, Hobbyplex local, Nate Sutherland. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, mains are on Sunday. I might be able to actually watch some, depending on what I do on Sunday. Yeah. I might be able to as well also. Because I will not be working. So. A couple things that I saw that uh, they've revised the over voltage rule for batteries. Yeah, I saw that one. So they made it so if you're only, if you're I think up to 0. 0.2 0. 0.02 volts over that you can you can run it off and try again but you only get one shot. Mhm. So Yeah, that's the way I read that. That's a step in the correct direction. Yeah. It and the way I had it explained to me was that if you uh can like just burn it off and you're let's say you're like eight four four eight four eight or something and you can just burn it down uh the way that was explained to me was that you're saying it's okay it's just all right to overcharge your batteries but i mean our batteries I could are understand. high voltage i know like it's kind of an old like rule it, you know it's kind of like in the rule book like for years it said you had to have a spurger cover yeah and and like there was a guy wanting to enforce that rule at the Rurnats and I was there uh, at Mimi's track and I was like, no, the body is the gear cover, dude. You don't need a, yeah. as long as the body's on now. Like, so that's like a rule for like a B4. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was it somebody that we know? Yeah. See, dumb stuff like that's why I don't want to be on Roar anymore. I just can't stand it. Yeah. You know? Like I get, I get the, the, the rules in there and it does suck that we, that Roar, I say we, but I haven't been on Roar for a while, but it does suck that, that Roar has not had anybody willing to take the time and go through and actually really clean up the rule book and get it and get it republished. Because that was supposed to when I was there, this was 2015. They were they had supposedly the vice president at the time was supposed to do that. Nobody ever heard from the vice president ever again. So they mm-hmm. had to get a new one. They had to appoint a new one because it was an off year or something like that. And so then that, mm-hmm. that project just went away. And it still hasn't happened. Well, the the problem is, is a lot of the guys that are involved with with Roar are uh, like, it's like they're not ra- they they don't race ten scale off road. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, how would how would they know if they're not like you know what you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, but, they can enforce the rules that are there, but like you yeah. know they're not involved like you or I would be. But there was a lot of rules that went that went across platforms, not just ten scale. There was a lot of stuff. There's the whole rule book needs some major cleaning and republishing 
to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, oh, 10, yeah. it's not just 10 scale. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've got guys on Roar, the XCOM now that race 10 scale. And Klein Hangen, oh, owns, yeah. Chuck Klein Hangen owns a 10 scale track. Oh, well, I'm, that, I'm, that was speak, one of the weird I'm, things that like when, um, sorry to interrupt you, but when, when we held the Nats, you know, guys were coming up to me going, Hey man, who's that guy? Does he even know anything about 10 scale? I'm like, dude, he owns fast lane. Yeah. Right. City, no, which, it, like, are you kidding? No, don't get me wrong. I was talking about my experience back then. You're talking you know, about the RT. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know. You're, you meant the RMT, the race management team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could be different now. I don't know. Yeah. The, the voltage thing, though, I like we can, our batteries can go up to 4.35. So it's like, it's like, it's kind of like me. I just pick one, right? So check this out. So that's, so they actually made, this is so funny. I just saw this and I remembered it. Roar modified their voltage rule, remember, to 8.44. Mm-hmm. Remember, we looked it up before the, uh, yeah. Was it? Yes. Yeah. I looked it up and I'm like, holy crap, they didn't, they did change that. My bad. I'm sorry. This will go by 8.44. This post says, uh, racers will present a vehicle technical inspection. The battery voltage exceeds the allowable 4.20. Yeah. So what they meant to say was 4.22, not 4.2. They don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry guys. Get it together. I forgot about 4. that. 4.4. It, it's 8.44. There is even a I I can go back here and I can find it. I bet you they're getting bombarded with emails or at least the, when I was comp director, if something like this would have happened and they and they point they put out 4.20 when they when they actually voted and changed it to 4.22, mm-hmm. my inbox would be full when I was comp. It would have been full. I bet you, I bet you the comp director who or whoever's like What's this? And then they, they, mm. well, it, it's like, you know, who's proofreading that? Yeah. I wonder who posted it. Yeah. You know, it, it I mean, yeah, the guy that did it, uh, you know, made a mistake. I, at least Obviously, I feel like I mean, they did, unless they changed it back. Yeah. Unless they changed it. They, oh, you know, boy. I, I mean, to be you'd have a lot of pissed I'm, off people. Yeah, you would. Uh, trying to find it here. I think they did it before the before the start of this year's nationals, maybe. Yeah. Uh, carpet on road rules reminder. That's the weight. Boy, this is going back to even older. See, that's part of the problem too. Is is they post these on the site, and then you're supposed to go back and find them, but there's no real way to search for this stuff if they don't. Um. If they don't put it in there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Minimum weight right. change. That's June of 2021. Um, I might just Google it because it it must they must have did that a while ago. And then the uh, the other thing that I saw was the tire thing. They're trying to make sure because it, it slick tracks are always weird for the rules because in the rules you're it kind of infers you're not supposed to grind your tires. But if you mm-hmm. have, if you have a track that's a slick track, which is what most ten scale tracks are doing. I mean, look at ours. Most ten scale tracks are going that way. They're making it work. Yeah, you know, it said the rule. What did the rule say? Like visible ghosted tread yeah, or something has to be on. Tread. So what? Tre- what? What tread are they? Is the handout tread? Is it ellipses I, I or it's silver ellipses? Huh? Why wouldn't they have smoothies for the handout? They probably don't have any stock. 
Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't have committed to to smoothies if it was going to be a... Because even the team drivers like you and me have trouble getting smoothies. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why. I mean, if they know well ahead of time, I you know, the last time I held the Nats, I made it a point to, like, get that figured out way ahead of time and have the right amount of tires ordered. But I don't know. You're right. They should just make them. I mean, if it was just, if they hand a tire smoothie, then it doesn't matter. I don't know. I The tire thing, I just think, because they're doing a host tire sauce again. Remember what a pain in the butt that was? I What's the point? Yeah, I don't know, man. And the smoothie thing, I oh, you got to have visible ghost tread. Well, again, it's a slick track. What's the point? It's slicked out in the middle and tread on the sides, still visible tread. I don't know, you're going to have people pushing the limits. Yeah. I, I think as long as it has the, the, however they mark it on the tire, you know, like we would brand ours, mm-hmm. then what does it matter? So I'm glad I don't go to those. Yeah. I'm surprised that they, because uh, I mean, people are going to grind them. I don't know. They should just have the gloves off or do, there needs to be like, like uh, you turn in your tires after your race and you go up to, tech and get your tires and bolt them on in tech and you don't come out of tech with your tires and you bring them back it needs to be like that ridiculous with that much tech Ew. or it needs to be just like open because yeah. there's no way you're going to enforce it yeah because you like even at the Gornats I did RMT for you, you know you had guys that weren't legit and it's like you had guys that were and it's like you knew the guys weren't it's like what do you do like, yeah I don't know yeah I'm just I don't know Make it all mod, <laughs> like then, then whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just make it like eight scale. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that there's a problem with, with the roar thing. I, I've, I always had some ideas on how we could, we could get a more consistent turnout and make the rules a little bit more racer friendly and all that sort of thing. But I, I, uh, but we keep having it. We keep having short course. You know. Yeah. There's like, what, 11 classes now? Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you think it's gotten to the point where a national title that's not Roar is more significant than Roar? Because is this, is this a, I, is I this think a that, world's qualifying year or not? I think it is. See, I, I, th- I think that... Uh, a Roar National title, like, or I, I feel like, um, a national title like the J Concepts INS series carries more weight to win that thing than a Roar Nationals title did because you did it over at least three different tracks on three different weekends and three different times of the year and came out on top with all your same equipment. Yeah. You know, to me, that, that carries more weight. Yeah. See, I had this idea of, doing roar nationals every two years mm-hmm. and then the off year having qualifying races yeah so you had so your your roar nats would take place the the off year of the worlds so that you could qualify for the worlds mm-hmm. but then the off year of the nats would be multiple races in different segments of the country as qualifying races for the next year's nationals mm-hmm. you know at, be the, cool. at the time, we were struggling to get turnout too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, then 
why don't we hold this once every two years? And then we do qualifying races and you, you make those qualifying races. A, you make them cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need the hundred dollar entry if they're just going to be regional qualifying races. You don't necessarily need it to be regionals. You, you make it, you, you make it a, uh, a super regional type thing, like a, like a level four event is what they call it. You know? Right. But, uh, I don't know. That would take some major restructuring or it would take somebody to organize the whole thing. And that's always the problem when it comes to our national organization. It's not like a NASCAR where it's for profit and people are being hired and, you know, there's actually a service you're providing. It's, it's, it's all volunteer. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, their, their involvement, uh, with RC is the same as like ours with the RC, you know, except we're racing, they're making the program. They have day jobs, you know? Yeah. Just like you and I do. Yep. The, uh, it would, I mean, we should have one of those guys on. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about, we need more, uh, guests. So it's not just you and I all the time. We still need to try and get Jason on at some point. I know. Just been so busy. I mean, yeah. look at my YouTube thing. My YouTube channel has been slow. <laughs> like I just, I haven't had time recently. It's, it's almost like I'm not getting burned out. I'm just, I'm just lacking the balance between my family and work and me, you know? I hear you. You, know, you, you get to go fishing. Well, my fishing is like RC, you know? I do get to go fishing. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. I talked to you the other night a little bit about it too. So Yeah. Yeah, Sunday, I think Sunday they're drag racing in Missouri Valley and I, I want to go, but but at the same time, it's a day off. Mm -hmm. It's just a flat day off, you know? Yeah. But the nice thing about drag racing doesn't go all day. It's usually over by about two o'clock. Yeah. So I still have half the day. So No, that's nice. The qualifying events, it would be it would be a, a thing where you only had to go to one of them. That was my idea. You wouldn't have to make it to all of them. You'd only, like if, like if there was a super regional on the West, a super regional Central, a super regional South, and a super regional East, and you took the top, you know, 20 of each one of those in the mod classes and put them together, you got yourself, you know, 80, 80 entries in mod two-wheel. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. You know, you didn't have to go to all of them. Yeah. yeah. That's one, one thing that seems to be like a topic of discussion is having more emphasis on regional events. I mean, that's what our summer series is. Look how right. well it is. But I mean, regional qualifying, like right. having regionals mean something to qualify for oh, nationals. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, and, and I think that's, uh, again, that's always been something that people have wanted to look at, but a lot of these people that say that, aren't willing to be the guy. Yeah. The Hobbyplex wouldn't you know. be what it is if, if I wasn't the guy. Mm -hmm. It's that way with Roar. <laughs> if you don't have a guy, you know, then you're not going to get it done. Uh, okay, so Roar predictions. I'm, I'm thinking Dakota Fend again. I think, uh, I'm not saying he's unstoppable. Intense scale, I mean, Maybe. <laughs> right now. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. He's won every event he goes to. This could be a crazy year, too. I remember, this was a while ago, but I remember, you know, when, when, when uh, Kinwald was dominant for a couple of years, mm -hmm. you know, of just nobody had a chance. Um, Cavallari was kind of that way. 
for a while. Um, yeah. On the Nitro side, you know, Mayfield has, has held that for the last couple of years. Um, I don't know. You're right. He has. I mean, they, they, team TLR has been on a roll at the Roarnats, especially this year. Yeah. So, okay. Well, now we have a special pivot break and I'm going to use it to go to the bathroom. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a pivot lending update with Dave Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is David Olson with Pivot Lending Group. Today, we have Brian Tatabiano, who is the CEO and owner of Pivot Lending Group. Brian, thanks for joining. For sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, Today, we want to discuss uh, where the market's at, what's happened over the last 90 days, last uh, three months in the bond market, some technical stuff that you guys will hear today. It was a great time for Pivot to get back in, to record, to let everybody know what's happening, perhaps what might be around the corner. Brian started Pivot Lending 21 years ago. 20 this year, October, October will be year 20. Lots happened in those times. The um, changes here in the bond market and in mortgage interest rates, I started to flash back over that, that period of time. I've, um, I've been doing this since 90. And I had a, a lock in 1990 or 1991. It was for a jumbo mortgage, which at the time was probably 300,000 bucks. <laughs> right, totally. In Schaumburg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was in Illinois, Glencoe. And uh, I, I talked to the, the person the night before and we discussed rates that were on Richie that came over a uh, fax machine and Next day, I went to lock the rate in when um, mortgage rates had come out, and it was a BLS employment report day, and I had no idea what that, any of that meant. Whatever it was, nine and three-eighths yeah. as a 30-year fix shot up to 10 and an eighth, 10 and a quarter. Yeah. And I had no idea. I, I didn't understand. Like, wow, you, you issued rates yesterday. They were this level. Right. Can't change that quick. Shouldn't. They did. So I started to hone in on how rates moved and what, what impacted them. It's kind of a sad thing. Interest rates are based in large part, the movement of interest rates is based in large part on economic activity. In a positive economy, you have higher incomes, you have more money being spent, and you have higher interest rates in order to keep inflationary pressures on a a lower level. When you have a weak economy, you have less disposable income, and as such, the Fed tries to stimulate the economy by lowering interest rates. And they don't actually engage with 30-year fixed rates directly. So this year um, has been very interesting. We started off in the low threes, high twos, low threes on 30-year fixed rate mortgages. And um, at its peak in mid-June, we crested 6%. So I started going back. I started out in the 90s and you know, the 80s is when uh, it was actually 81, 82, I believe, that had the highest year-over-year increase as we're seeing today. And it's hard. You know, it's, it's hard as loan originators. It's hard as executive management. It's hard as consumers. You know, folks that called up looking at a refinance in January and decided to wait are now unable to do so. The biggest impact is with purchase transactions. Your average price has gone up seven to 8, 10% from the beginning of the year, as far as the, the value of the home, depending upon where you're at geographically and your mortgage payment has gone up. So your, your affordability level is now eradicated. You're paying so much more than you would have even six months ago, not only for the purchase price of the property, but for the mortgage interest rate. And those two worlds cannot exist for an extended period of time. Something has to give. CNBC had an article, June had the highest number of cancellations in real estate, residential real estate contracts since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Consumers just don't have the, they don't have the horsepower. Their 401k has dipped pretty dramatically in the first and second quarter. That takes confidence away from the consumer that they have, you know, the nest egg. You've got the concept of a recession on the horizon. It's becoming more and more topical as far as the media is concerned. Well, they're back to back, right? Uh, what is the report that came out? If they're consecutive readings. Yeah. So if GDP is it, consecutive, yeah. if it's negative, negative consecutively yeah. two quarters in a row, yeah, it's a like, technical recession. Yeah. By 1% or less or something like that. 
Yeah. So, you know, you're, we're on track for uh, first quarter GDP was negative 1.6. GDP now is created by the Atlanta Fed is showing a negative 1.2. So if that holds, we would be in a technical recession as it relates to the U.S. economy. It's sad because of the, the loss in the Ukraine, but that's kind of lost its media focus. Isn't that interesting? There's a war that's going on in Ukraine, right? And it's it's fifth, sixth, seventh headline, if, if at all, on any outlet. But I don't think the impact of that war was fully understood on how that was going to, you know, I was going to create or have the potential to create a recession. But you're mid fives for a tank of gas. I read an article that car manufacturers are now holding people accountable because they're using less octane in the cars. They're saying, hey, you can't do this. You have to use the 91 or the 87 as a minimum. But there's such a spread between 85 here in Colorado, it's 85 to 91. And it's a huge spread. It's, it's 50 cents from 85 to 91. So, you know, the attraction of using the lower octane is, is an impact because now your warranty is potentially void. So consumers are struggling. And, um, you know, I think that the cash flow with the disposable income, you're, you're seeing this in quarterly earnings from Target, from Walmart, where they're having to discount items in order to reduce the inventory. That's the beginning of a recession. You know, it's interesting coming in here, I was talking to my buddy, Tim, who's down in Kansas City. He owns a sawmill that's a high-end sawmill for woodworkers in Kansas City. Been around 10 years now. Oh, 100% disposable income industry, right? I mean, so people are not going to go out and buy that walnut, you know, if they're paying five, six dollar gas. And he said that they are, I think it was like 45 or 60% less this year in revenue than where they were year over year in revenue. And it's a huge concern right now. And in you just kitchen table economics, you start thinking about how many businesses, and to your point, it's kind of the unintended consequences of the our economy, but also the external factors like Ukraine and some of the other things that are happening affecting disposable income industries. And there are a ton of them, right? Like, I mean, a lot of small business businesses rely on that extra disposable income. And uh, as these shops, you know, start to close up, I, I've heard more people losing jobs in the last month with layoffs and closing of, of stores than what's reporting out there. I mean, you look at the jobs numbers coming down and the payroll going up, it's confusing for me because what, what I'm hearing on the streets are different than what I'm seeing or reading, you know? But eventually I think that all of that stuff there's no denying on what's what's happening, you know, in, in that area. It's it's not good. When inflation becomes a household topic, when supply chain is a common term that high school kids are aware of, there's something deeper in the analysis of what's taking place with, uh, you know, the, the economic activity. Supply chains are a real thing, and you know they were impacted dramatically by and continue to be by the uh, the pandemic. And politics aside, reality is supply chains have been impacted, which had a transitory effect on increasing the prices because. The manufacturer was paying more for raw materials. The shippers were paying more for labor, you know, before fuel prices went up. So everything had an impact. But, you know, oil, gas is, it touches everything. Every item in that room that you're in, that you're wearing, is impacted by fuel. Yeah. Be it the cost of manufacturer, the ability to ship it to you, it, it, it's all impacted by oil. And uh, we actually cracked $100. It's been a minute since there was any sustained. On the barrel, boy. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah, both uh, Brent and ICE. So yeah, and that's, that's a big deal. Um, and it has to do with China. There's some, Increases in COVID cases in China, yeah. which they're expecting will impact demand across the uh, across the globe as far as, uh, but it'll also impact supply chains. You know, China's still a very relevant part of where we get our, our goods from. I appreciate you taking some time out. Let me know if I can help. Give me a call, 402-881-5951. Uh, shoot me a text. Just make sure that you put your name on there and the best way to reach you, whether it's via text or email. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. I'm trying to find the 8.44 rules, and I'm, I know I saw that.
I know we did too because we pulled it up. Yeah, but, right. But maybe they pulled it down. Maybe they maybe did. they went wrong. Maybe they made a wrong post. Who knows what the correct one is? Maybe they did. You're eight point four. You're gonna be good. Yeah, that's true. Just do it. Just do what they say. <laughs> that's a big thing. Just be under. Just do what they say, dude. I I've won uh, all kinds of thirteen five truck races, and I charge my battery to eight point three eight or something like. Yeah. Okay. In, in two wheel <laughs> whatever, mod, man. In two wheel mod, I'm topping mine out at like at like um eight point what is it, eight point two? Yeah. I don't go out there with max unless it's the main. I do for the main just to make sure I make runtime, which I've never I haven't had to worry about lately, but Yeah. And it's four wheel. I mean truck, like I'm running, you know, we're not beating the power plant as hard up as hard as you would in a four wheel, but I mean I'm just saying, like, you know, Everybody's like, oh, I gotta be right at the limit. It's like, eh, no, you don't. Just charge it up, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. Trust me, it'll be fine. <laughs> and it's the, like that initial peak comes off anyway. Like, you scrub your tires in for like two laps. It's gone. Yeah, we take like five laps before the race, anyways. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have one? Let's get to comments and we'll try to get over it, get out of here. It's, uh, I gotta go work on the track. Well, that's gonna bug me now that I can't find it as quickly. Maybe they did take it down. Uh, so we had um, we had Steve, John, Bendinger. Um, Bendinger was the one who brought your uh, uh, live stream camera, which is still in my pit. Oh yeah. So I'll get that on Saturday or Friday or whatever. Yep. Uh, Travis Clancy was on here. Um, Corey Tannehill's on here. Brian P. Dan Marillo. All these guys, kind of regulars. Jackson. Jackson says hi. Jason Haley, Jason Haley says, hola. Hola. Jason Haley's working on my pinball cabinet build. Yeah, he sent me some photos of it. That's who I've been texting. Cool. Uh, it looks pretty pretty awesome, actually. It's like a whole like cabinet like with just starting with wood from scratch, you know? Yeah. That's pretty cool. He has a really nice woodworking shop at his house. Nice. Jason McCarron, McCarron is on here. Sneathan. Nick Sneathan. I finally got his car to him from our giveaway, our 100th episode giveaway. Yeah. Nice. Um, Steve RC, we actually talked about that already. Um, Steve says, didn't our tech guy for INS say none of the pros were even close to the battery limit? They were all under. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, they're always, they're like, Rod 2, like 8.2 is just fine. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, with my four wheel stock four wheel, I, I, I made sure it was right there. 8.44. Yeah. Every time. And, uh, even then it was a well, one time I actually had to burn it off because it was like 8.45, but then I adjusted my charger. Peter Renault says we ran a double race day yesterday, so I lost twice as much, but I only needed a couple marshals per race. That's it. That's good. Yep. That's good. That's an improvement. Get rid of the couple. Go to zero. Um, Mark Schmidt, he likes the point series idea, but he thought I meant you had to go to every single one of them. And I'm like, no, no, oh. no, no, that's not it. The INS one, you have to make three, but yeah, you know, but that's a national series, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Right. This, this would be just, this would have been like just a, a, a qualifying system for a qualifying system for the world. If you're, if your intent is a good to the worlds, you know, I don't know. It's just something I had thought of a long time ago. 
Jason Haley says, doesn't mod want a little lower juice so the power isn't wild the first lap? Yeah, that's right, Jason. You yeah. do. I don't know why you guys like, I don't know if people push it so close. You know what I mean? But yeah, Jason's right. McCarranen says, uh, her guys like the INS traction. Slicks are good. Not much guessing on the tires. I, I will say that is one nice thing about slicks. Oh, yeah. There's actually quite a few things. I'm, I'm starting to get off the tread train, I guess. I, I kind of always thought treads were fine. It's nice to just kind of show up and drive. Yeah. I mean, when you Adrenaline know? went to slicks and it was consistent, it was a mm-hmm. whole lot easier. Yeah. You know? Well, and at that race, you know, practice was kind of a free-for-all. You know, it was like, all right, practices now. Yeah. You know, and you just went out and ran, like, for a half hour if you wanted to. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't really blowing the track off, and you, know, you, you couldn't have run slicks then. And it's like, oh. well, well, all right, now we're racing, and then they're blowing the track off every run. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, the slicks, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, you look at that surface, like, there's no way slicks are going to work on this surface. And they did. Yeah. You know? And uh, uh, it kind of... Like it's like with the newer compounds compared to what we ran before, um, when slicks will work, the track looks different now than it would in the past when slicks would work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like the track readings kind of changed, and um, uh, and I you know it is it is nice. You just you, I don't even need a drill. Yeah, you just mount them up and go. Yeah, it's so, easy. It's kind of nice. I mean, knowing that at Hoosier, silver slicks seem to be the way to go. S three slicks for for proline guys. Mm-hmm. So we just show up with with a couple mounted sets of tires for practice and make sure that we don't you know ruin them. Mm-hmm. Should be good. Yeah, piece of cake. Then you just work on car setup a little bit, make sure you get the lines right. I don't know. Um, Anthony Santi's on here. He wants to know how do you get a track to the point of slicks consistently working? It takes a lot of running and driving on, and if you don't have that, you kind of have to start in- introducing other. Uh, additives yeah you know it's like almost like you have to you know, like so a lot of tracks are going to a glued surface yeah didn't uh didn't smack track stop doing that though they did because it it killed their entries but i don't know if they did too much or what the deal was yeah. uh the, the, i think the thing was is that there's another track that wasn't doing it and it, there was some like maybe a carpet track i don't remember i i got i got the whole story it's been so long i just don't remember my theory is that once you get guys that start doing slicks that are dedicated to just getting it and making it work, then the more and more guys that run slicks, the easier it is to run slicks. Yeah. Well, like a, a lot of the dust that's on the tracks is actually rubber right. like from the tread anyway. So our, our, track, our track has, has a couple of unique things that are unique to us is that our track's not smooth. Like you said, it was probably the smoothest this ever has been at the INS race, but our track's not, a, not very smooth. Well. You know, slicks generally used to work only on tracks that were smooth. And then our track would build up that tire dust. And so if you did run slicks, you had to be like right there in the line. Otherwise, you'd, you'd, you'd lose all your time. So I think, I think at our track, I think what you'll see this weekend for the summer series is again is most of us are going to be running slicks. We're just dedicated to running them now, now that we've seen that it works. So it's easier to get the track to that point because there isn't, there won't be as much tire dust from a treaded tire. Yeah. It's like the track's going to just grow faster that way too. Cause you're going to, you're going to have like cars kind of floating around on all the dust and yeah. spinning and 
you know, it's, it's going to be like kind of kneading the surface and the submission to where it takes rubber, you know, this weekend, this weekend, I, I ran my car three times, twice with treads, once with slicks, just, just to run my car. I didn't really change anything. I just ran my car and the track was pretty beat up and blown out, but I was still running the fastest times with, with uh, silver slicks on. It's like when I put those smoothies on my car a week after the summer series, and I think we had like a track day or something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, and yeah, it was like, the track was really good that day. Yeah. Well, and it was like, maybe it was like during the week. I can't remember why it came up there, but it was like on a non-race day. Mm-hmm. And I just threw it out there. and Or if it was, bef- maybe it was before people started showing up. And I was like, these things were good. And you drove it and we we're running faster lap times to slicks than we were at the summer series yeah. on gold. Yep. You know? Instantly. Yep. Uh, a couple more questions, then we'll wrap this thing up because I gotta again. I don't want it to run too late. I gotta go work on the track all night. Um, are we roughing up the smoothies? I did uh, one time, but that was just because I was gonna race them right away. I didn't have any time to break them in or anything. So if you have time to run them like once or twice, that's all you need to do. You don't need to scuff them up or anything, but you can if you want. But it's not really necessary. Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but, but we'll, we'll both give our takes on it. Um, are you guys running the longer chassis? I'm not, I am not, no, I'm not. Um, I have one and I put it on and my car is kind of lazy. So I took it off and I don't know if it's the end all beat all that you need that all the time for, uh, dirt yet. I know Dustin, Dustin runs one. I but, love my B4. Yeah. My point four. I love how mm-hmm. aggressive that thing is. You can see the front end actually working. I like yeah. it. I like it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I my car's really good. I don't see any reason to change it. Okay. That's all I got. We're not we're not gonna do any results or anything. Friday was good. Um Logan did put in his two weeks a week ago. And so yeah. uh Friday was his last ra- day as race director. So I'll be back to running Friday nights as well as Saturdays. Um, I think Emerson is going to run Tuesdays mm. is what it sounds like. Yeah. And, um, and I'll, once winter comes around, I'll probably be more apt to, to help or to run Tuesdays as well. Um, but with the outdoor crawling, you know, going on, I'm, I'm out there scoring everybody, you know, until seven, eight o'clock. So keep that in mind. If you're a local and you, uh, you want to come race, uh, you got me back. I'm back on Fridays. Um, I think Tom Smith is going to try to learn how to run races, so he might end up being Friday nighter uh, every once in a while. And I, I it bums me out because I definitely need somebody to run races the uh, weekend I'm gone to Hoosier. So yeah, I felt bad. I can't do that. Like the whole reason I can't go to Hoosier is because my wife made plans already that yeah. weekend. So. No, that's okay. Um, I uh, um, I had asked Logan. I'm like, hey, can you just run this weekend? I know you got a job and everything, but he's like, oh, I didn't want to tell you, but I'm actually going to be gone that weekend. <laughs> so then I was like freaking out. I'm like, oh, that's great. Now who am I going to get? Because we can't just not race just because I'm gone. I don't think that's a good idea. You know? Could Tim run it? Yeah, he wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think Tommy though. Tommy said he'll he'll he's going to try to learn how to do it, and then he can run that Friday for sure, and probably Saturday too. So it'll be the last. That'll be the last weekend on the dirt. Tommy's not going to Hoosier. Mm-mm. Nope. It's just me and Emerson. And then uh, the rest of the crew from the Plex that's going. I think uh, TJ, Dalton, um, the Vanderbeeks, 
uh, Tyler Fleming, uh, uh, Bender. Yeah. That independent class, dude, those guys better look out. Our, our boys are coming for him. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be good. Plus it'd be fun. Kind of have a, our own little original hobbyplex table. Yeah. There you go. So that'd be cool. It will be cool. All right. That's it for tonight. Kind of a, kind of a weird one tonight, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. We'll be talking about the summer series next week. Um, we'll be talking about the, um, September 3rd swap meet. I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to try to sell the swap, meet. swap meet free day. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been to the Plex lately, there's uh there's an anatomically correct tiger. <laughs> That's in our- <laughs> it sounds like a, like a kid's children's book or something. <laughs> the anatomically correct, anatomically tiger. correct tiger. <laughs> Or like a South Park character, like the oh yeah, like yeah the yeah. sexual the sexual, sexual harassment, harassment panda. panda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the anatomically correct tiger. It's the anatomically correct tiger. tiger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. Uh, once again, Alex Sturgeon, Hobbytown Hobby Flex. That's Will Brinton. Uh, I'm Will Brinton. Also, Hobbytown Hobby Flex. And uh, don't forget, this show is sponsored by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. Make sure you uh, mention our show to Don Zoller. Ray Nelson's dad get a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off your interest rate and uh, make it happen so um, that's all we got we'll be back next week to talk everything summer series round four definitely I think I only have to finish fourth to win so trot yeah I'm I'm pretty much lined up to not race round five yeah as long as nothing crazy happens so that's what I'm looking for mm-hmm okay all right bye see you guys Thanks for watching.